Amen. Now, you know, some of you may be thinking, well, maybe I want to go on a mission trip or I want to do something. So just be praying about that. We do have some, but there's mission trips all over that you can be a part of. And uh, it's probably very important that you do go uh, sometime on a mission trip. And, you know, and so I encourage you to pray about that. My first mission trip ever was to Haiti back in 1985. And uh, I'm so thankful that I ever went and uh, really just shaped me and where I am today. And I'm thankful for God. I've been all over the world and so thankful to see that kind of what God is doing throughout the world. So it gives you a different perspective. So I encourage you to go on one uh, this year or next year somewhere. Find somebody going. If we're not going somewhere, you find somebody. We can help you with that. Amen? God's good, isn't he? Amen. Listen, this is Palm Sunday. Next week is Easter. And and I want to encourage you to invite somebody uh, next Easter uh, next week, which is Easter Sunday, and um, not just the next Easter, you can do that. You can, st- you can start today if you want to, but invite someone next week. And, you know, like Jonathan said on the, on the video screen, is if you invite them, you know, most likely they're going to come, and that is so true. So I encourage you to invite your friends, your family, your coworkers. Invite somebody to Easter, because we got a great message. It's what's the big deal about Easter? And we're talking about the hope that he brings and so uh, it's going to be a great message for all of us, but especially for those who don't know the Lord. And so I want to encourage you. Let's see lives change. Even here in America, there are people who don't know the Lord. So step out of your comfort zone this week and invite somebody here. Now, we have three services. Now, I want you to look around. We are packed in this service. So um, what I need you to do, I need you to come to our, we have a, we have one early service at 745, and I know you're looking at, I'm not going to that one at all. <laughs> so come to the 9, I'm not going to even try, um, come to the 9, 9 o'clock service, okay, and, uh, and let's try to, to you know, because we, we're going to almost double in size on next Sunday. And so, um, so please, you know, do those things for us. That would be great. And invite somebody and have them come to the service uh, with you. Amen? God's good, isn't he? Okay, let's get going. I've got to go through these. Look in your bulletin. There's some uh, notes you can follow along with me. You know, I talked about Jesus coming in. This, this is Palm Sunday. He's, he's riding into Jerusalem. This is, uh, and, he, and he's doing Passover with these guys, and he said, I can't wait to do that. And the reason is, is because he's fulfilling four promises. And I want to talk to you today about the four promises. You know, a promise is a guaranteed, it's an offer with a guaranteed result. And so God gives these, gives these promises back in Exodus chapter 6. You can, in fact, go ahead and turn there. In Exodus chapter 6, he gives these four I wills, or some people call them the, uh, the, the four promises of God, or really, they're, they're really four statements of redemption, and the four steps of redemption that God brings to us. And in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, you don't have to turn there, it says, Through God's glory and excellence, He has given His great, these very great and precious promises, so that through them you might participate, that's you and I, might participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in this world caused by evil desires. The whole purposes of the promises of God is to make you like Him. He promised you, He says, I will do these things, and you'll become, because of that, will become like me. And that's the whole purpose of this. And this is the whole heart of God that we become like him. So in Exodus chapter 6, verse 6, God is responding to Moses complaining that Pharaoh is not taking it. He brought, went to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh's not taking it. He's making it harder. And here's what he's, he says to him in verse 6. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord 
and I will bring you out. The first promise, God will bring you out. You know, before he can do any, any work in you and I, before he could do any work within, in, the, in the Hebrews, is that he had to take them out of Egypt. And this is really, it's, this is what we call salvation. And that he brings you out. And he says, I'm going to bring you out from under the yoke. That word yoke is really, it means heaviness. He's going to bring you out from what's being heavy, what's hurting you, what's destroying you, what's killing you, what's making you who you are, what's, what's leading you a wrong path. He says, I'm going to, I need to bring you out of that so it will no longer influence you. And that's what he had to do with the Israelites. That's what he has to do with us, isn't that right? He has to do that with us. Titus chapter 3, just look on the, on the board here. Titus, Titus chapter 3, verse 3 in the message, it says this. It wasn't so long ago that we ourselves were stupid and stubborn. How many would agree that you've been there? Stupid and stubborn. Dupes of sin, ordered in every way by our glands, going around with a chip on our shoulders, hated and hating back. But when God, our kind and loving Savior God, stepped in, he saved us from all of that. It was all his doing. We had nothing to do with it. He gave us a good bath, and we came out of it new people, washed inside and out by the Holy Spirit. Our Savior Jesus poured out new lives so generously. God's gift has restored our relationship with him and given us back our lives, and there's more life to come, an eternity of life. You can count on this. I love that. And that's what he's done. He's bringing us out. He's taken us out. In fact, in, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, he says, For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who he purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. So he, when salvation happens, he brings you out. Just like he did with the people of Israel, the Hebrews. He took them out from Egypt and made them a new people, made them a new group. And so he's bringing us out, and that's the first promise. He says, I promise I will do that. And if you open up your life, maybe you're here today, and you've never done that. you never allowed the Lord to bring you out, and you feel this burden, this heaviness, this weight on your life, and you're empty inside. Listen, you're going to have an opportunity today to allow him to bring you out of the place you're in and to bring you to what real life is supposed to be. The second promise is this. He says, God wants to free you. He says, I will free you. And that's the second promise. He said, I'm going to bring you out, but then now I'm going to free you. And this is really becomes an act of our decision that you and I decide, I'm going to let God change my life. I will free you from being slaves to them. And this is the promise he makes. And this promise is actually a process. A theological term that we, we use for the word free here is called regeneration. And that word regeneration means that over time, that you're, you're in the family and you're going to be changed. There's a process that's taking place. Over time, you're going to see change in your life. In fact, you may be thinking, I'm, I may not be where I should be, but I thank God I'm not where I've been, you know? And that's who we are. How many of you guys are still messed up even though you're saved? Everyone raise your hand. In fact, raise the neighbor hand. Make sure they're doing it. Is that, and that's true, is that I may not be where I need to be, where I'm going, but thank God I'm not where I've been. And every one of us are on this process. And I believe this is a lifetime process of being free, being set free by the Lord. So little bit by little, I'm growing. I'm being transformed. God is working his nature inside of me. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says that we are being transformed in his likeness with an ever-increasing glory 
And that process is, is to set you and I free. And chances are every one of us are in this process because you love him, but sometimes you're not completely there yet. But you still love him. He loves you. You have issues. And this is what we do. We allow the Lord to reveal those issues and allow the Holy Spirit to help us change those things. Amen? And that's what we do thing called Freedom Ministries. It starts this actually uh, the first Wednesday in April. It's the foundations of freedom, and that's the whole point of that, is to continue on this process, not to get stuck there, but to continue. You know, there's things I worked on long ago that I'm free from, but there's still things today that I need to be set free from. That's me. So I've done freedom ministries. I've gone through that process, and I've gone to Kairos, and I'll do it again, you know, because whatever it takes to me to get me to look like Jesus, you know, whatever. Because what happens is, is as you grow, and as you get into the Word of God, and as you worship, and you get in community, you get to learn some things. You get to learn, um, I'm not all that, you know. And I, I need change. There's some change that needs to happen in my life. Second Peter chapter one four, by which you have been given, by which have been given to us exceedingly and great precious promises that we might partake in the divine nature. I wanted to partake in that divine nature, but I need I need some more freedom in that. Galatians five one says Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand and let, let never let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. New King James version says, "Do not be entangled with that yoke, that heaviness of bondage." See, God wants us to be free. He wants to set us free. So, so in, in a sense, this is one of the one of the the promises, and they would drink a cup. So, in a sense, how do we drink the cup of deliverance? How do we drink this cup of freedom? How do we receive the Lord? Well, number one, you need to renew your mind, renew your thinking. That means you need to get into the Word. You need to pray. You need to worship, and you need to, you need to start renewing and start thinking like God and start th- seeing things a little differently, and then recognize as the Holy Spirit helps you and shows you and reveals some things that maybe you never knew that was wrong in you. Because listen, the way we live in the world is not the way we live as a believer. We've been trans, we've been taken out. We're a new people. And so what is God telling you? What does God want to do in you? In fact, throughout this time today, begin to ask the Lord, where am I at in these steps of redemption? What do you want to do in me and through me in these steps of redemption? Then you need to receive ministry. And one of the things we do here is freedom. We love freedom. It's good to be free, amen? And so get involved maybe in the freedom ministries and just go through that. And maybe your eyes will be open to some things. Yeah, I need help because this is what sin does. Kills, fills, and destroys. But God brings life. And he wants to help us out of those things in our life. So get, get involved and do that. Ask the Lord, Lord, what, what do I need to work on? And listen, if you're not hearing anything from the Lord, ask your neighbor. I'm sure they'll help you. Amen? Ask the person that you're in relationship with. I'm sure they have a thing, some few things that they can tell. How many of you guys can tell on, on a, a few things on the people you're sitting right by? Amen? I mean, if I gave my wife a mic right now, make sure you mute that mic. Um, she would tell you all the things I need to work on. So this is a promise, though, from the Lord. This is a step of redemption. He's not only going to take you out. He wants to free you, but it's a process. And everyone in, in here is in the process. Number three, he says, I will redeem you. 
I love this. Not only does he want to bring you out, not only wants to set you free, but he wants to redeem you. Redeem means to buy back, to repurchase, to change for the better, to repair, or actually to restore. And there's some things that are needed for us to be truly fulfilled. We need to be brought out into a new family. We need to be free. But the word redeem also means to bring you back to your original intent. Why were you created? Why were you created? Let's put it this way. It's not enough to be out of that stuff. It's not enough just to start working in that freedom and allowing the Lord. You can't just be stuck there. One of the best things you can do is, is start doing and living like you've always were meant to live and being who you've always meant to be. Because a lot of times we don't do that. We, 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 we don't even know that we are supposed to be this way. In fact, if you ask, there was a study, 87% of all church-going people don't know their giftings and don't know why they're here on this earth. Could you imagine if 87% of your body didn't know what it was, was for? You couldn't even get out of bed in the morning. And But that's the way a lot of believers are. And a lot of times we get stuck. You know, we've, we've gotten got out, we're saved, but we get stuck in number two, that second promise, and never go into the third promise where God not only wants to free you, he wants to establish you into what you were always created to be. In fact, if you look on in, in chapter 6 and verse seven, 6 and 7, he says, remember, God says to Moses, I only want to redeem you, but I'm going to do it with an outstretched arm. And that means that he's reaching down and he's pulling you up to redeem you because you can't see who you're supposed to be. See, be. And you believe another lie. And then he says, he says, not only that, and I'm going to do it with mighty acts of judgment. That means he's going to come against the enemy who's been telling you lies and you've been believing lies about yourself, that you're no good, that you can't do anything, that you can't be used by God or whatever he's been telling you. And he's going to say, I'm going to stop that because that's not who you are. I'm going to redeem you. I'm going to put you back in the place. I'm not here just to get you out of Egypt. I'm not here just to get Egypt out of you. I'm here to put you in a place and a plan and a purpose. So you can do what God's called you to do. And that's the whole heart of God. So with mighty acts of judgment, God says, I'm going to pull you out so you can see better. But I'm going to get the enemy away from you. I love what it says in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11. He says, it's in Christ Jesus that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Amen. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living, part of an overall purpose. He is working out in everything and everyone. He wants you to get going. And the best thing that you can do to even continue the freedom, because this is what happens. You get stuck in number two and never even get free. Because I believe two, the promises of two and three are, are connected. The way to freedom is to start walking and living who you really are. That's what happens. You know, I, I think something that really holds people back is you, con- condemnation. Because you sinned yesterday. And during worship today, 
I mean, you, you are even lucky to be here today. Because you didn't want to be here. Because of condemnation. Maybe that's true, maybe that's not, but it might have happened before. And so condemnation will keep you, because of, of you messed up, from worshiping God. You say, I'm not worthy. No, you're not worthy. None of us are worthy, but he made you worthy. And so what happens is that stops us from moving forward in God and from doing what he's called us to do because of our past. But he brought you out for a purpose, to free you, to set you free for what? To do, to be who he's made you to be. See, what sin has done is it's put this other shell on you that's not really you. And we need to break out of that shell and be who God's called us to be. Amen? That's why he set you free. So don't ever let your past dictate how you walk today. And your past could just have been a minute ago. You become and start living. And it's not hypocritical. It's called faith. It's not hypocritical to be who you are. Well, Sean, you, I, that's, that's what, what you did does not determine who you are. What he did determines who you are. And so you start walking, you start stepping, you start doing what God's called you to do. And you, by doing that, is the act of freedom. Amen? Because sin has no power over you. Addictions has no power over you. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Because you are a new creation. Amen? You're a new family. So start living like God's called you to live. And when you fall, get back up again. And go. And that brings us to this final promise. Is number four. He says, I will take you as my own people. The promise of God comes with a guaranteed result. He never breaks his promise. And I believe this is why Jesus couldn't wait to take this Passover with these guys because he became the Passover lamb. So he says, now that I found you, taking you out, I free you, I'm redeeming you, you're walking. This, these are processes, but you're walking. Now I want to connect you to a people, connect you to a church, not an organization, but the, the church the right team, the right ministry, so you'll know what that I am your God. You'll know what really Christianity is all about because you're living it to the full, fullest, and I will be, be your God. Galatians chapter 1, verse 10 says, Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. And if pleasing people am I go, I would not be Christ's servant. And so God wants to bring you out. Now listen, look, look at this. The, the nation of Israel, the Hebrews, were enslaved. God brought them out, took them out of Egypt. So he starts wanting to get the Egypt out of them. And that's talking about being set free. Once you got saved, you still had the world in you, didn't you? You messed up, you screwed up, you thought differently. You thought like the world still thinks, but we had to change all that. And as you start growing, you start living, and you start receiving that freedom, you start thinking not like you used to think. You start thinking like God thinks. You're his people now. And so that's why God, when he took them out of Egypt, gave them 10 commandments and 400 instructions on how to live as God's people, as God's chosen people. 
And that's what he's done for us today. It's, not, it's about becoming his son. It's about becoming his daughter. It's about living as a royalty in the kingdom of God. And as we start walking out that, that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to live like that. And he's trying to get that Egypt, that world out of us, so we can start doing and living like sons and daughters of God. And that's where we begin to find true fulfillment because we're part of a family. And here's some reasons why people don't do this. We don't live a life of fulfillment because we let our past cripple us. We allow culture to define us still. Just like the children of Israel, they always wanted to go back to Egypt. Why would they want to go back to be slaves again? Because they, they still had that in them. They still called themselves slaves. They still thought of themselves as I'm better off in Egypt as a slave. And that's not even true. That wasn't even close to truth. They had the fire of God by night and a cloud by day. And they had manna falling from heaven. They had everything they needed. And they still wanted to make golden calves and worship it. Some of us, we still do that. That's why we need freedom. So we can't allow our past to cripple us, and we can't allow culture to define us. So whatever you hear on on the TV or read on the Internet or listen to or whatever, it may not be true. Don't listen to it. Don't believe you have to be like the world and what the world says, even because they'll call you a hypocrite or call you something else. Don't live like that. You are a chosen generation. You are a holy priesthood that's been called forth. We are supposed to stand in the love of God and in his passion, his purpose. And that is the only way the world is going to know that you are of God, because of your love. We stand differently. We live differently. And so he calls us out to be his people. That's why in the, in the Old Testament, he didn't want the Israelites to intermarry because he didn't want that stuff to come in, that other culture to come into them. They didn't have the Holy Spirit like we do. We have the Holy Spirit now indwelling in us that gives us the ability and the power to say, no, that's not right. So when I turn on the radio or I'm in a movie or whatever and something comes on, I don't just automatically believe it because it's on the Internet. Something goes on inside of me that says, "Mm -mm, it's a wrong culture. That's not right. That's not right to believe. So when now in this voting season and you start listening to politicians, that's not right. That's not Jesus. And you'll understand that. Because you don't believe everything that is said. Because of the Holy Spirit inside of you. So we don't allow culture to define us. And number three, and this is the point that he's bringing here is that we, don't try, we try to do it alone, and we don't need to do that. The reason you don't find fulfillment because you try to do this life as a believer alone, and you can't do that. See, when God brought the, Egypt, uh, the Israelites out of Egypt, he, he put them into a people group. He connected them. In Deuteronomy 7, 6, he says, for you are a holy people. That, that word people's plural. That's what he said in Exodus 6, 7. He says, I will take you as my own people. That word people means a tribe, a congregation, a community, a flock. And he's, so he brings them in and he separates them. And he puts them into tribes. People groups. And each tribe had an identity. 
Each tribe had a purpose. Each tribe had a, had a reason for living, a reason for, for being, and, and to please God. And so he says, For you in Deuteronomy 7, 6, you are holy people who belong to the Lord God. Of all the people on the earth, the Lord your God has chosen you to be his own special treasure. And so not only does he want you to, to get out, and he wants to get Egypt out of you and free you of the junk that's been in our lives because of sin, and redeem you for his original purpose, but he wants to connect you to a family that has an identity, and that is the family of God. In fact, in the New Testament, Paul goes throughout that we are the body of Christ. We are one body with many members who supply, who's a part. We are one body, the body of Christ, and each one of us has a certain identity in that body. What is your identity? And he wants to connect you with that body. And that's what we need to do to really find fulfillment. And that that what you and I need to do is be intentionally connecting with the body of Christ. We need to connect with each other because we're the body. You know, Lisa and I, we moved here in 1993, and we have no blood relatives in this area. The closest one is in Dallas. Well, the closest one that we like is in Dallas. I'm joking. That's that's on her side. But anyway. um, (laughs) Won't won't start a war here. Um, But but we've found out, man, that you're our family. And we love our family. We find fulfillment. Now, we love our other family. Don't, Don't get me wrong. So if you're listening, I love you, Mom and Dad. I love you, my, my twin sister, even though I'm prettier. It's true. <laughs> anyway. Freedom, yeah, that's another issue. Um, but I love my family, my church family. And not just the people in here. We have all through Kansas City, we know a lot of people and that love the Lord and, and their family to us. God wants to connect you to that family so he can feed that God-given passion in you and that you can serve others with your unique gifts and abilities. That's his promise, that I'm going to take you out of Egypt with that yoke of bondage. I'm going to free you. That's a process. I'm going to redeem you to be who you've always were meant to be so you can be fulfilled by being a family. Be connected. And to learn who you really, really are. So God has these four promises. And he wants to work in your life. So where are you at? You may be at the place of salvation. I need to get out. I'm in this yoke of bondage. Maybe you need to give him your life today. Allow him to take you out of that place of bondage and come into that place of life. I'll give you an opportunity here in a moment. Just give your life to the Lord. Maybe you're in this, you've already done that and you're number two, but you're in, you're in freedom and you, you need the Lord just to, to, to show you some other things in your life so you can truly be set free. And allow him. And we're here to help you with that. You're not alone. In fact, I need help too. 
You need help. We all need it together. Getting the Egypt out of you is probably the best thing you can do. Getting this world out of you. So maybe you're there and you need more of that. And God's, God's going to talk to you. In fact, I'm hoping this week that God will just speak to you and maybe show you some things that you just need to get right. Amen? Because we're all there in some way. We're not obtained it yet. None of us are perfect. If you're perfect in here, you're in the wrong crowd because uh, you, you're not perfect anyway. Number three, maybe you, you're, you're working in freedom, but you need restoration. You don't know why you're here on this earth. Maybe you're stuck. Maybe you're stuck back in the freeing, but you never start walking out who God's always intended you to be. And God wants to, wants to come into you and, and show you. Just seek him out on that. Pray. Get involved in a small group and let them help you with that. And just start serving somewhere. Start serving people, serving God. That is the best thing you can do. Start loving people. You'll find out what your purpose is. And number four, be fulfilled. Maybe you're not connected. Maybe you come here on a Sunday morning. That's not connection. That's attending. Connection is when you know people around you and you have life outside of this place with them. That you're allowing them to speak in your life and you can speak in theirs. Amen? And that's where true fulfillment comes. So let's allow the Lord just to bring those promises with us today. So once you bow your heads, close your eyes. Ask the Lord, where am I at in these four promises right now? God, what do you want to accomplish in me? What do you want to do in me? What do you want to change in me? Where do you want me to be? Where do you want me to be? Who have you made me to become? And let me show you that right now. How can I connect to the family? But Father, we just pray that right now. We know your promises are true and you, you fulfilled it when Jesus died on the cross and he rose again. So Father God, we just receive that, that bringing out, we receive freedom, redemption, being made who you've called us to be and that fulfillment, making us your family. Show us, God, how we can be freer, you know, move into more of what you called us to do who you called us to be and to be part of that family of God. And we thank you for that right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. When everyone's eyes closed, please, no one looking around, I'm going to speak to that first promise. You may be here and you say, yeah, I need to take that step. I need to be out, get out of this bondage, this heaviness. In fact, it's an emptiness inside. And you know you're sitting right there. You know you've tried everything and nothing satisfies. I'm going to give you an opportunity right now just to give your life to the Lord. He's already gave it to you. The gift is like in his hands, handing it to you. It's just time for you to reach out and get it. And so he wants to come into your life. He wants to save you. That means bring you out and set you on a path to where you were always meant to be on. Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. So that's you here and you want that and you know that you've never done that before and you need to because God wants to come in right now and just love on you, forgive you, and save you. 
So if that's you today and that's, you want to do that, I want to pray with you right where you're at. But I need you to just to recognize that. And I want you just to raise your hand right where you're at and says, Pastor Sean, that's me. I want to give my life to the Lord. You can put it down once you raise it. Okay, okay, all over. The Pastor Sean, that's me. I want to give my life to the Lord. Anybody else? Because that's me. I want to do that. Okay. Okay. One more time. Anybody else? You're sitting there and you know that's, this is for you. God, he just wants to come in. He wants to change your life. Okay, this is what we're going to do. I want everyone to pray this prayer after me. And those who raise your hand for the first time, this is what God's going to do. You're going to pray this prayer, and you repeat it after me, and I want you to believe it with all you know how to believe. And he's going to meet you right where you're at. And the Bible says when you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it says you shall be saved. That means he comes into your life, and he starts a relationship with you. He forgives you of all your past. Your past will be gone. It's like a, it's like a do-over. <laughs> it's a new day. I did this back in 1983. Never looked back. I'm so thankful that I did it. I gave my life to the Lord. I didn't understand it all, but I just knew I needed something more, and that's what you're doing today. And so pray this prayer after me. Everyone's going to pray it aloud, and you pray it aloud. And just pray, and you're praying it to the Lord and allow him to start a work in you. So everybody repeat after me. Say, Father God, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to come on this earth and to live perfectly, to take my sin, everything that I've done wrong, upon himself to be punished in my place, to die in my place. And I thank you for giving your life for me. So today, I give my life to you. I give everything to you. And I confess that today, Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. And from this day forward, I will serve you. I give you everything, Lord. You are now the boss of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give the Lord praise for that, amen. Hallelujah.